Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Craig Hoffman, and joining me now on the BetQL guest line, Dan Grunfeld. The new book is called By the Grace of the Game. If you're going Grunfeld, yes, that is Ernie Grunfeld's son, the former Wizards general manager. Uh, And of course, uh, Dan, well, of course, Ernie is, some people I'm assuming know, also a terrific player in his time. And Dan uh, played at Stanford and has now written this book. And um, Dan, I'm I'm just going to go for it here uh, as as we get started. I think a lot of people in the listening audience, uh, and I will certainly not try to hide behind this, like I was critical of your dad and the job he did here in Washington. Um, There were mixed results over the course of of his tenure. But what I so appreciate about what you're doing with this book is the reminder that even if we are consuming someone's work uh, through a sports team that we have some either professional or personal vested interest, that there's a human story behind that. And in the case of your your dad and your family, that story is rather remarkable. And I'm just curious, you know, with that kind of backdrop and setup, like, why is it that you wanted to tell this story? And, and how do you go about as we sit here on Washington Sports Radio, where so many people associate uh, your dad with kind of the frustrating years that that were especially at the end of his tenure here in Washington I'm sure he wasn't exactly psyched about the results either like how do you sell uh like hey this is a story that that is worth listening to yeah well Greg, first off thanks so much for having me so regarding my family story you know it, it's a basketball story that's bigger than basketball and so my dad is well known as you know he's a great player and he has such a successful career as an executive but not many people know that he's the only player in NBA history whose parents survived the Holocaust Mm-hmm. You know, so that's both of my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. My dad came to America uh, as an immigrant at nine years old, having never touched a basketball and not speaking a word of English. And then about a decade later, he was standing on the top of the Olympic podium as a gold medalist for the United States. You know, so for, for that reason, for how kind of big the story is, I mean, it was one I really wanted to tell. As it relates to the community in Washington, listen, I mean, we say, you know, and I had a long career. Basketball is really breaks down to two things. There's winning and there's misery. You know, and <laughs> I totally, I totally empathize with fan bases of who, you know, they want to see winning all the time as they should. And ultimately, you know, from with perspective, you know, from that 30,000 foot view, I mean, the run my dad had in Washington was incredible. You know, the teams that he built that made those deep playoff runs that were so exciting and energized the community. I have such fond memories of that. And I'm sure that Wizards fans do as well. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful to kind of share the human side of it with not only the DC community, but nationally as well. Yeah. I'm also curious how you feel like those two things intertwine. And obviously we'll tell the the story as on some or to some extent as we go, obviously if people want the full story, that's why you wrote the book. So they should go get it. But um, you know how the two intertwine too, because I think for a lot of, 
uh, a lot of people in sports, like dealing with media criticism is really hard. And it's like the, the part of their job that they just dread. And I'd imagine for someone like your dad, who has this much, much larger perspective and life story, like I would imagine he's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I just imagine that moment where maybe even you is, is a concerned son or like, oh my God, dad, like, how are you handling all this? And he's just like, son, I've, I've seen worse. Like, how do, how do you think his life story intertwines with, with how he ultimately dealt with what it is to be in the public spotlight, both as a player and as an executive? Yeah, you know, I think my dad has big shoulders, literally and figuratively. He's a very big man, but he, he's been through a lot in his life. And, you know, this is, these are life or death teams. You know, my dad never had grandparents. You know, they were all killed in Auschwitz. That, that's a very heavy history. And when he came to the United States, you know, his older brother was diagnosed with leukemia and passed away within a year. You know, so he went to the playground in New York City to make friends and to learn English, and he found basketball. So, you know, related to your question, he, he kind of, he has this perspective of, of life and some of the things he's been through, but that's not to say he's not a human being, you know, and people always like to be treated with kindness and compassion. But at the same time, when, when you work in professional sports, that's what you sign up for. You know, it's not just in Washington, D.C., believe me. And, my, sure. you know, my dad was a general manager of the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. He was the general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, fan bases are passionate. And in sports, you know, when, when you're running a team, not everything is within your control, right? You use data. You make the best decisions you can. But, of course, not everything works out. And fan bases don't like when things don't work out. But it's bound to happen. You know, so that's, that's just it's the, it comes with the territory. And I think that, yeah, given all that my dad has been through, given what he saw his parents go through, he always just approached his job like my grandparents approached their job, work as hard as you can, act with integrity, treat people the right, right way, and live with the results. And uh, as you well know, Dan played, uh, for the audience that may not know, Dan played uh, for a while over in Europe uh, as well. It's not a uniquely American thing either, um, the criticism that that those in the public I take within sports. Dan Grunfeld's our guest here on the BetQL guest line, son of Ernie and author of a new book about his family's life. And, uh, you know, I I also am a, a Jewish American and, and grew up learning about the Holocaust. And it's kind of just like, you know, I'm, I'm 31. So, like, it was this thing that I learned about in distant past. And uh, there were certainly people in my community and congregation who had family members in, in the Holocaust. But uh, I'm so curious as to your perspective, learning about the Holocaust in an academic setting, knowing that this is something that is just a generation away in your own family. And as you said uh, just a few minutes ago, like two generations away, completely wiped out uh, in that that horrific event and uh, that horrific series, really, of events um, in the 1930s and, and early 1940s in Germany. So I'm curious what, like, as you become a young adult and become aware of what happened and that this isn't something that happened to people in a faraway place, but was something that happened to your family, how that shaped your your perspective as you grew into a young man. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago and it wasn't that far away. You know, the mm-hmm. Holocaust seems like an abstraction at this point because it's six million Jews and millions more people. You can't wrap your mind around it. But, you know, my, my grandmother, who's 96 years old, who lives in the Bay Area, 25 minutes from me and my wife, you know, she, she survived and she lost, you know, seven immediate family members. And that's my dad's mom. And my dad's dad lost everyone. You know, when he came back from the war, there was no one left. And so, you know, it's, it's something that we can never forget. You know, my grandma always says to this day, you know, it could happen again and not just to Jews, to anybody, you know? And so when people aren't treated fairly, you know, you need to stand up against that. And for me, as I've gotten older and I've learned the story more, uh, it's impacted me, you know, every day of my life, because when your family went through something like that, uh, 
you know, you learn so much about, about life and about what it means to really persevere. And I have the opportunity to try to live my dreams and, and to be able to work hard and, and to succeed in the things that I care about. And my ancestors, you know, they never had that opportunity. So, you know, you, you take things very seriously when you kind of realize how, how chilling that history is. I'd imagine also there's a little bit of a dichotomy because on one hand, like you're the son, and I don't know the exact timeline, um, you know, of your childhood compared to when your dad was playing versus when he was in executive positions, et cetera, et cetera. But like on one hand, you're the son of an NBA player and an NBA executive, including some of the most prestigious jobs in the sport as you're a young man coming into being your own, you know, professional basketball player. On the other hand, you have this, this family history to keep you grounded. Um, did those almost counterbalance in a way? Did did you find yourself at times like kind of checking yourself? How, how did those two things, you know, there's two facets, I guess, of your identity intertwine? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. Uh, it, I certainly talk about it very honestly in the book about the tension that exists there, right? Because I grew up very privileged and I talk about my privilege in a lot of different ways in the book. You know, I had, I had resources, I had opportunities that my ancestors, including my dad, couldn't have imagined. I had a generation of separation from all this tragedy and trauma. You know, my dad never had that luxury. You know, my dad was literally born from the ashes of the Holocaust and, you know, fled communism and came to America. And so, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of ways, you know, that, that I'm privileged. And so, yeah, I, I talk about that tension a lot and, and what it means to live with the reality of, hey, my dad is an NBA player and an NBA executive and I have all this opportunity, but there's also this history there that people probably don't know about it that impacts me a lot as well. And, you know, my vehicle was always basketball. You know, so I was able to release some of that frustration on the basketball court. And I talk about that very honestly in the book as well. You know, we all need things in our lives that drive us um, and that, you know, that we're able to push at it. And basketball was the vehicle for me, just like it was for my dad. Dan Grunfeld, the book is By the Grace of the Game, a story of an ordinary family thrust into extraordinary circumstances. Um, something I wanted to circle back on was your dad kind of wandering to the playground, as you you put it, in New York learning is trying to find friends and learn English and also finds this game basketball that winds up changing his and yours. And I'm sure generations, your kids, et cetera, and, and on down the lines lives. And I, I always fascinated um, with people who immigrate to the United States and kind of the ways that they just, especially if they're from a, a language or a non English speaking place, like how they learn literally to just exist in this very English speaking world. I think one of the things that's great about Europe that I wish we were more like Europe is over there. Everyone speaks two to three languages. Like it's a little easier to travel and ingratiate yourself or at the very least get around. And I remember when I covered the Texas Rangers back earlier in my career, Elvis Andrews, uh, their shortstop was like, well, yeah, I just listened to a lot of country music. And um, I thought that was an endearing story considering he was playing in Texas, but also it was a great way that for him to learn English and, um, you know, kind of ingratiate and, and be able to find his way into the culture enough to be able to, again, get around, communicate with the people around him, et cetera. So I, I'm curious how much, you know, you've talked to your dad before you were in the process of writing this book and um, also in the process of writing it, I'm sure you talked to him more, more pointedly about that ingratiation into American culture and how basketball played a role. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up kind of knowing the story, but I did a year and a half of research for the book. And so I was able to, you know, pull a lot of threads and double click on a lot of things that I hadn't previously. And listen, when my dad came to America, you know, he was made fun of because he couldn't speak the language. My grandparents wanted him to go to a yeshiva in the Bronx um, and he was denied admittance because he couldn't speak English. 
you know, so the language was a big barrier for him. And again, I just mentioned his brother, you know, his older brother, who was his hero. You know, my dad called him a name in Hungarian, which translates to English. It means my king. You know, that's how much my, my dad looked up to his older brother. You know, he was diagnosed with leukemia and he passed away. And so those that's why my dad went to the playground, you know, to play hoop. And we always say, you know, the ball, the basketball, it doesn't know what language you speak. It doesn't know what country you're from. It doesn't know what religion you are, what color your skin is. It just, you know, the ball just brings people together. And it was like that for my dad, you know, and, and he, he not only started learning the language, English, through playing basketball, but he started speaking the, the language of the game so well, you know, that with that within, you know, several years, he was an all-American player and, you know, he won a gold medal for the United States. So in so many ways, basketball taught him how to speak a, a few different languages, you know, and, and one thing I'll mention is when he retired as a player, his first job in the NBA not playing was uh, to announce Nick games on the radio. So he was a kid who came to New York City not speaking English, rejected from school because of it, was then broadcasting games in English for the hometown Knicks. I could talk to you about this book for half an hour, uh, but that's not how radio works. So perhaps we'll we'll circle back if I get a chance to to read it and and then follow up with more questions. I would love to talk again down the line. But I'll I'll just wrap up with this thought in the interest of time. What was it like to approach your dad and anyone else in your family that you interviewed for this book and, and maybe some family friends, whoever, to be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to write a book and I want to interview you because these are people you've known your whole life. And, you know, you've done other, just for background for the audience, like you've done plenty of other journalism. You, you've been published in a lot of different publications over the years, had, had some jobs in, in this field. So what was it like to put that hat on with people who had seen you obviously in a very different light? It, it, it was very emotional on both sides. You know, it's very hard to talk about some of the really difficult things that have happened to my family, but it was also very joyful to hear how basketball came into our lives and how much it changed things. And so, yeah, there was a lot of emotions to it. I didn't tell my dad or my grandmother that I was writing the book when I was interviewing them. You know, we I needed space to kind of really understand the story. So I just said, you know, I, I have a project in mind. I just want to understand this history. And so I, I do think it created a safe space for us to have some really deep and meaningful conversations about the things that happened and, and what they led to. And so it's, it's been, it's just been a, a very emotional process, you know, from the beginning and now the book's out in the world, you know, so it's been five plus years and now it's out there. So it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing journey. No doubt about it. By the grace of the game is the name of the book. Dan Grunfeld, nice enough to share a little bit about it with us here on 106.7 The Fan. As I said, man, I would love to, to talk more once I get a chance to read it, uh, hopefully down the line. And uh, congrats on, on completion. Writing a book, even if no one sees it, is a heck of an accomplishment. I know it's incredibly involved. So congrats and uh, best of luck with, with it being successful in any way that you want it to be. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful. I look forward to talking to you again after you read it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 